please remain seated with your silver fastened and with all your carry-on items towed until the captain turns off the silver sign. Take care when opening the headbands as the contents may have cleared during the landing. Gracias por volar con Copa Airlines, miembro de la red Star Alliance. We arrived back in America in the wee hours of the morning, greeted by a long line at the airport Starbucks and food prices we hadn't seen the likes of in a week. Case in point, a single airport banana costs twice as much as one bunch of bananas at a Panamanian road market. It was clear we were not in Casco Viejo anymore. When we left Panama, it was 79 degrees during a beautiful sunset. When we got back to Penn State at 5.30 in the morning, it was pitch black and 10 degrees out. It was quite possibly the coldest I've ever been in my life. My classmate Kayla felt the same way. I cried because I could not feel my hands and I was carrying my duty-free box and my <laughs> camera and my suitcase. I had to stop three times on my way home to put all my things down and put my hands in my pockets and just sit there because I was like, I love the cold, I really do, but my hands hurt. Eager to limit our chances of freezing to death, each of us was anxious to get home, but that task would prove difficult. Because it was so early and technically still the last day of spring break, None of the buses that run in opposite loops around campus were in service. So, most of the class opted to walk home, like Kayla. They started out in pairs from what I could see, but that didn't last. Yeah, like when I was walking with Matt, and then when I had to stop, Matt kept walking. Yeah, then I was alone, and then I was like, hmm, I should call an Uber. Uber was 20 minutes away and $20 to go less than a mile from Rec Hall to my apartment. I was so tired, I cried. I was like, this cannot be real. This cannot be happening. A few lucky people like me were able to catch a ride home with some of our professors. So I got to avoid that particular hardship. Regardless of how we dispersed, however, all of us would meet up again a mere two days later for our first class post-Panama. We were not ready. It literally felt like this was a dream. We were there for a week, and now this is like rude awakening. We're back. Everything's going to be cold. You're alone. And by the way, your story's due soon. See you soon. Our adventure was over. The countdown to the end of the semester had begun. Hola, Kiar Pal here, your guide to Padma. In the past five episodes of this podcast, I've told you all about how this class is structured, how we prepared to go abroad, and all of the good and bad things that happened to us while we were there. Now that we were back, it was time to work on our stories. Yes, but also time to quickly reflect on our experiences, to see if the place and the people in it had met expectations. I sat down with Tony, our fearless leader, to see what he had to say. First up for discussion, Alfonso. Well, he was terrific. He was a good find. What I had not expected was that he was sort of a walking encyclopedia about everything to do with Panama, and the history and the context and the politics. So far, so good. You know, he was a little bit too uh, serious in the sense of what kind of things that he does as a journalist were not the kind of things that a college student would find all that compelling, but he was great. What did you think? Well, serious wasn't the first word that came to mind when I thought of our fixer. No. The first word might be smart or funny, considering that the same guy who helped us craft compelling stories about Panama also met up with us at the bar on our first night out. But Tony didn't know all that. So I told him. Um, I didn't know that, did you? <laughs> yeah. The first time we went out for dinner in Casco Viejo, we were all just hanging out, and then we turned around, and there he is. And he's like, hey, guys, what's up? 
that was really funny. No, he was worried about you guys, and uh, I think he was looking out for you. He definitely was. And to be fair, maybe he did deserve the serious title after all. As my classmate Dara told me, at one point during our night out, Alfonso was actually talking to her about her story. In the bar. But when you're the journalist who has at least one contact everywhere they go, I'm sure it can be hard to clock out. There's always another story around the corner. Panama, as I said, is a small place. Panama City is less than a million people. And he knows everybody. And, uh, you know, he's related to somebody who's doing something. So in that sense, it was easier for him to be a fixer than, say, somebody in Rio, for instance, or Mexico City. But, you know, he worked out very well, and, and I'm happy. He was by far the smartest guy we've worked with. And I mean that in the sense of intellect. He knew so much about Panama. I, I didn't ask him a question ever where he said, I don't know. I can attest to that. He was truly a resource during our time abroad. However, some people may have misunderstood the extent of his help. I can't generalize about the whole class, but a couple of you, more than a couple, were a little too dependent on Alfonso to fix things up for you rather than taking the initiative on your own. In fact, he talked to me about that himself, and I noticed that even back here before we left. Hard to hear, but true. My classmate Alana was one person who didn't take Alfonso's help for granted. Although I didn't really get to work with Alfonso in terms of figuring out sources because I was able to do that on my own, I honestly, he really was very inspiring in terms of the amount of experience he has and the amount of things he knew about Panama. It really gave me insight into who the people were, which ultimately made me more comfortable when I was interviewing them. I think Alfonso gave us a lot of confidence that most of us wouldn't have had had he not been kind of helping us through the process. It's clear that we all loved Alfonso. But what did he think about his week with us? Before we left Panama, I got the chance to ask him. It's been very fun. Would you do it again? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Besides, whenever I go to Pennsylvania, I'm calling you guys up. Just what we wanted to hear. Do you think that you get anything out of like doing this process? Definitely, I think that my contact list has doubled while you guys have been here. Seems impossible, but okay because I've had to push it and mine it for further contacts, depending on whatever you guys need it. Also, just the fact that I refer you guys to them creates deeper bonds with my sources that I can use in future journalism. I also got paid, so... <laughs> <laughs> so definitely, uh, it's been a plus for me. My only job really was making it a plus for you guys, if you think about it. He's not wrong. Apart from his intellectual prowess and his dedication to the field of journalism, Part of the reason we found Alfonso to be so great was the clear passion he has for his country. He made this apparent in everything he did. Even at the end of our interview, when I asked him if he had anything else he wanted to share, he was still talking about his favorite isthmus. Visit Panama. I mean, n nobody's going to be able to see it in the podcast, but the beautiful thing about Panama, despite the fact that our society here is still developing, is that the country itself is gorgeous. I mean, in Panama, in the very same day you can be up a volcano, then you can be in the beach, and then you can be in the city, and then you can be in some random utopian town. And it's a very small country, so it's kind of surprising that you have all these different landscapes here. It's not just the scenery that makes it a worthwhile place to be. Panama is considered by a lot of people who have chosen to relocate here as a very valuable place to develop. The country has so much potential. My own personal estimates show that Panama can easily house a population of 15 million, and we're right now five. So where's the other 10 going to come from? My idea is that we attract talent from all over the world. 
Like if you're Chinese and you hate living under the Communist Party, but you're super smart, come to Panama. Or maybe you're an American who's just terrified of the Trump presidency, come to Panama. Or you're in Brazil and your country's collapsing due to corruption, come to Panama. Because every talented person that comes to this country is an asset for all of us. So that would be my message. My message would be visit Panama. Just come see what makes us so unique and diverse. So you'd never leave? I mean, I love traveling, but there's this beautiful poem that was written by a Panamanian poet. I'm not going to translate it because that would be unfair to the prose. But basically what he says is that if you're born in Panama, you're in love with this country. And I think that's very true. But we really only have 17 years of existing. I mean, just as being a nation, sort of like a complete nation, it's only since we got the canal back, so 2000. So it's a very fresh and young country. That's what I like about here. And there's so much energy. I don't know if you felt it. It's just like people are eager to do something. I like that a lot. Obviously, we couldn't stay in Panama forever, no matter how much many of us would have liked to. But we could bring home some of its beauty in the form of souvenirs. Tony, a seasoned foreign correspondent who is well-versed in the art of picking up keepsakes to document his travels, found the perfect thing to add to his collection. For myself, this mask, which is going to be nice on the radio. <laughs> it's one of those uh, uh, ritual masks made by the indigenous people. And it's kind of neat because I got that in South Africa, that other mask over there. He was pointing to a tribal mask hanging on the wall behind me. It was just one of many eccentric souvenirs in Tony's office. To be honest, his space is quite fascinating. On his desk, on the walls, and even on a bookshelf or two. Everywhere you look, there is something worth looking at. So most of these things hanging on the walls here or on the desk were things I picked up just to remind me of where we were and what we did. One section of wall is dedicated to a collection of photos, each from a different international reporting class. I assume ours will join the others soon enough. Speaking of Tony's other classes, I was curious as to where ours fell in the overall rankings. I would say it's in the middle. Panama's a small place, which is good and bad in a way, because there's not a lot of stories there that you can throw together at the last minute. It was a challenge. A lot fewer of you spoke Spanish than I thought. He's not the only one who was surprised by that. But, you know, on the whole, I was happy. I and mean, you all came back in one piece, which is the main goal. So that's on the positive side. I haven't seen the stories yet. On the negative side, you know, some of the ideas weren't very creative. Some were. Some people adjusted very well on the ground to setbacks, like Gabby did. Every time I talked to her, she was doing a different story, which was kind of annoying, but on the other hand, she did at least have some ideas. But you kids are smart. Most of you work hard, and um, I'm expecting good stuff. I'm proud of you guys. I think you handled yourselves well. I don't haven't found out yet, at least, about anybody uh, misbehaving in a serious way. So you're going to have to tell me in this podcast if anybody disgraced herself or his self. I think we're in the clear, Tony. Outside of our experience as a class, I wanted to know what he thought of the country. Like the rest of us, it was Tony's first time there. Well, it's a wonderful country, and they're wonderful people. I was not expecting Panama to have such a distinct culture, but it's got a distinct international flavor, very cosmopolitan. Personally, my favorite part was going to the canal. I would still be there now watching the locks fill up and the ships go through if I could have. I just found that fascinating. And as always, the, 
instructor part, my favorite part, was watching you guys grow. I can see it happen before my eyes, and it's very satisfying because you get to a situation like this overseas. A lot of you have never been out of the country before. Those of you who had been out of the country have never tried something like this before. And the idea that you get there and you try it and it works or it doesn't work and you have to overcome the problem and you've got to deal with Ubers and taxis and lost microphones and things and you do it. And you gain in confidence, which is terrific to see because believing you can be a good journalist is like 50% of being a good journalist. For Alana, Tony's words couldn't be more true. <laughs> I was like, every time I talk about Panama, I get so happy because I still can't believe I went and I'm back. Just within that week as a journalist abroad, getting an international story, I grew so much as a person in terms of flexibility, learning to manage time. When things don't work out the way you want them to work out, you kind of keep moving forward. I mean, I've never been more stressed in my life probably than when I was in Panama. But now the next time I go to a country that I may not know everything about or may not know the language, I'm going to feel a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more prepared. And I think this course has done that for me. You know, I tell every class this, that you were great kids and smart kids. And we'll soon find out whether you're worth a damn as journalists. <laughs> we will see. We will see. the amount of work that we do in this class, you might be wondering what comes of it all. Just a grade? A mention on the College of Communications website? Well, both of those things do happen, but that's not all. After completing our individual stories, the most important thing we work towards in this class is a special edition of Center County Report. Also known as CCR, Center County Report is a class where students and faculty in the College of Communications produce a show to provide the residents of Center County, PA, with news, weather updates, and sports coverage. Students create the news packages within the show, do the majority of the technical work behind the scenes, and also fill the seats at the anchor desk. As the winner of two National College Emmys, it's kind of a big deal. Each spring, the international reporting class for that year gets their own one-hour-long special edition of CCR which is comprised of all the broadcast stories that were created by the class. It's the culmination of everyone's hard work and is another project to stress over in itself. While the idea of that was daunting, before we'd ever get that far, all of us would need to complete our individual stories first. In the first two or three weeks after we got back, much of our time was dedicated to going over footage, or in my case, audio, and looking at photographs and notes we had taken to make outlines for what would become our finished broadcast, photo, and print stories. Or, podcast. Alana detailed a bit of her progress for me. So right now I'm in the process of transcribing my interviews, interpreting my interviews that were done in Spanish. I'm going through footage, I'm saying, wow, this clip is really shaky, or wow, that's a great shot, how'd I get that? I believe all of our packages have to be between 3 minutes and 30 seconds and 4 minutes. So this is a little bit longer than what we're used to doing. So that's exciting to be able to have all that room. We're used to, your package is over a minute and 30 seconds. This is way too long. So it, it's definitely different. We would meet in class a few more times to talk about a timeline for the rest of the semester and what was expected of each of us in our drafts. Most of our work on our stories will be done outside of our meetings as a group. As you heard last episode, some people were still gathering material, like Kayla with her Eisenman interview. 
but for the most part, the majority of the class was hunkering down and trying to make sense of all the information they had collected. The rest of the semester was pretty much guaranteed to be rough, but at that point we were all running on pure excitement and anticipation of seeing the whole thing come together. One of our first collective tasks to get ready for the CCR special was holding anchor auditions. Two anchors are always chosen from the group of students who actually went on the trip. Anyone can audition, even the print or photojournalism students. I should mention that a good number of the people who end up in the international reporting class each year are simultaneously enrolled in CCR. So, you could say that certain people had a leg up on the competition. I was not one of those people. But, as someone who is prone to attempting things I have zero experience with, you can bet your bottom dollar that I would be trying out. Ultimately, Kayla, Emily, Alana, Kamisha, and Alyssa would also audition to be anchors. Because many of us had become good friends over our week in Panama, the whole experience was way more fun than I'm sure it was intended to be. Who's our floor director? Kamisha, uh, I think. It is Kamisha? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At auditions, whoever wasn't up to bat, if you will, helped out in the other positions needed, like floor director or running the teleprompter. Gabby and Dara would be co-executive producing the actual CCR special, so they were the main people in charge that day calling the shots from the control room. Also present were the faculty who produced CCR, Steve Krasik and Brian Schoenfeld. Those are the four voices you hear. At this point, it was Kayla and I who were at the anchor desk. Okay, um, can we share they ready to rumble? <laughs> okay, so ready? Five, four, three, two, one, take open. Ready to call their mics, ready to cue them. And cue the first mistake. Yep. Well, let's see. <laughs> Can we do that again? No, completely my fault. Yeah, fire. Okay, okay, one more time, one more time. I'm sorry. In five, four, three, two, one, take open. Alright, right with her mic. Right with two shots. Ready to cue them. And cue them. Oh. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Are you kidding me, Gabby? Okay, do it again. No, it's okay. One more time. I was on the pre-show. I need to go to sleep. Okay, right, open their mics, open their mics, and cue them. Good afternoon, I'm Kayla Fish. And I'm Kiara Powell. Pretty cool, right? After my audition, Alana took my spot at the anchor desk, and I became floor director. All anchor candidates read from old CCR scripts during auditions. All right, cure in three, two, one, cure. If the avian flu affected Pennsylvania, our state could see a shortage right, of poultry, meat, and eggs in our stores. But so far, there are no cases here. Take it, cure. You've heard the old saying, don't let the bug bugs bite. Wait, the what? Well, that's exactly what some Penn State researchers are trying to prevent right now. <laughs> cure in three, two, one, cure. The researchers say one of the best things about the new biopesticide is that it's safe for humans while deadly to the bug bites. <laughs> More news right after this break as the Center County Report continues. And take All right, nice job. For some reason, Alana could not say the words bed bugs. It was hilarious. All in all, the audition process was kind of chaotic, and literally everyone in the studio made a mistake at one point or another. But we got through it. Darren and Gabby told us it would be a little while before any decisions were made. Later that day, Dara sent a groupie message to the rest of our class, telling us that Kayla and I would be the anchors. I was ecstatic and ready for my evening news debut.
You might be wondering how and why Darren Gabby got to lead the charge on the CCR special. I mean, who would willingly choose to take on the responsibility of producing the actual taping in addition to collecting everyone's broadcast packages and editing the whole thing? Don't forget, all of that was on top of completing their own stories. Well, as it turns out, choose isn't the word Dara would use to describe what happened. So when I was interviewing with Tony um, back in the fall semester, he knew that I was executive producing CCR this semester. So he had talked to me and he knew that I had the experience to do it, so he asked if I would be interested. He wanted me to um, work with Gabby and kind of come together to put the whole show together. And I said, of course, just because, I mean, I love EPing for CCR. And I thought, you know, why not do it for the Panama special? Dara said that while she was happy to have ended up in one of the executive producer roles, when she thought about having to fulfill the duties of her position on top of doing her own story, she started to get a little apprehensive. At first, I was not happy about it because I just knew that it was going to be a lot of work. I know how much work goes into one CCR class, and I knew that having to do it again for a Panama special where everyone is bringing different stories in and having to worry about deadlines was going to be really hard. But I talked it over with Gabby, and we kind of just put our heads together, and we're like, we're going to do it, and we're going to make it awesome. And then I kind of got excited about it. And now I think if I wasn't executive producing it, I probably would feel weird about it because I'm so used to doing it now that I think if I was just, you know, helping out, it wouldn't feel right. The executive producers for each international reporting CCR special are always members of the class that went because they know the stories the best. I think we were really lucky to have both Gabby and Dara in our class's corner, so to speak. Dara thought so too. I'm really excited to work with Gabby. We work really well together. Um, we both executive produce CCR right now. Her strengths are into script writing and doing that sort of the news writing. And my skill set is more into the technical side and the editing and the directing side. So we both have different strengths that coming together is going to make an awesome newscast. If you're at all worried about the print and photography people feeling left out of this big spectacle, fear not. In the past, other students have worked to include as many people as possible in the CCR special, and Dara wanted to continue that custom. Um, I had the idea to interview Jackie Freeman, who had a really cool story. Jackie is one of our classmates who did a photojournalism story. She was with an expat for the week, and I really wanted to incorporate her. I wanted to have her you know, do an interview with someone and kind of talk about her experience. That actually did end up happening. Alyssa would interview Jackie while some of her photos were shown on screen as part of one of the breakaway segments in our newscast. And then we also wanted to have one of our print journalists, Matt Martell, talk to us about baseball, kind of on like a lighter note. Some people had very you know serious stories, so we kind of wanted to add in his, to first get a guy in the show, because it's predominantly female, and just to kind of get a different feel. Yes, if you're wondering, out of 16 students, only three of the people in our class were guys. Matt and Carter, both print journalists who you've heard about before, and Anthony Amato, another photojournalist. Aside from Matt talking about his story and Alyssa's interview with Jackie, Alana and Michelle would also get the chance to individually talk about their respective stories for the special as well. Then Gabby and Dara would put it all together. It's kind of stressful when you think about it because I know that I'm not going to be done until probably, you know, I graduate. But on the other hand, I'm excited because it's what I love to do and I couldn't imagine doing anything else, you know, during the last few weeks of my senior year. The night of the actual taping, we had as many hands on deck as possible from our class. Can I do a mic check on Kayla? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, hang on PR, look at her camera. Right? 
A team yeah. of Penn State University journalists traveled over 4,000 miles to Panama City. Firemen and different communities travel outside yeah, okay, of the capital. Uh, yeah. Can you use your anchor voice, Corporal Moore? I think she was. I think she was. Yeah, she definitely was. Oh, oh, Ryan. Okay. Now I'm like flustered. So, off to a rough start per usual. It was about 10 minutes after this that we realized we would not be getting out of the studio on time that evening. For Darren and Gabby, it would not be the first or last late night of the process. Darren and I left here at 3.30 last night. Oh my God. I have not eaten dinner for the past three nights. I've been yeah. here. One word. Dedication. You might think that because a number of us have been working on assignments for this class until the wee hours of the morning for several days, that we'd want to focus and get the whole thing over with. But you'd be wrong. Deliriousness was beating our will to work by a mile. I'm diminishing as a human right now. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to die. Me too. I feel like I've been here for way too We're driving hours. somewhere and getting food because I literally can't even wait for something to be delivered. So I like brought food. So I'll start editing. Wherever you go, just like get me like a bag of chips or something. I don't know where to go. Where do you want to I want to go in a black hole. Me too. <laughs> it was around this time that people who said they had previous engagements for the night started to trickle out in between takes, slowly letting morale seep out from the room each time the door opened. Three, two. Now, although Eisenman no longer works for La Prensa, he still writes op-eds and is very active on his Twitter page. You know, for a trip that was just 10 days, I really feel like the memories will last a lifetime. I know, and it's... You guys didn't hear that? Yeah, I, I heard it too. What's going on? Things were starting to get officially tense in the room when we finally got one good last take. No one was more excited than Gabby. Thank God! A special thanks to Penn State University, the College of Communications, and our generous donors for making this amazing trip possible. Hasta luego, have a great day. After all of the taping was done and all the finished packages were submitted, it would take Gabby and Dara right until the last minute i.e. finals week, to finish editing our CCR special. It aired on television like a typical CCR newscast and now lives online at commedia.psu.edu. That's C-O-M-M-M, yes, three M's, E-D-I-A dot P-S-U dot E-D-U. I highly recommend checking it out. Primarily because me and all of my classmates are in it and it showcases all of our hard work, but also because Dara told me that it'll probably be submitted for a college Emmy. If it wins, you can say you saw it before it was famous. Regardless of the celebrity that we may or may not attract as a result of this class, I believe that everyone involved was super proud of what we accomplished. We all came back with stories that we could put our names on and say we did what real journalists do. During our time in Panama, some people made new professional contacts and others discovered a new favorite place. We all tried new food, made new inside jokes, and at least a few of us got a tan. I can't speak for every international reporting class, but our time abroad certainly didn't feel like just another week spent completing course requirements to use towards a degree. In fact, for me, personally, it felt like a week of pure exploration. Of Panama, yes, but also of life as someone who podcasts. 
In the first episode, I told you how Tony felt that me doing the first international reporting podcast was a good idea, but that the execution would be difficult. Now being at the other end of it all, I can assure you, he was completely right. I can also tell you that for all of my complications and frustrations, this was a fun challenge to have had, and I'm immensely glad and appreciative I got to be the first to try it. I can only hope that there will be others after me who give it a go. So that's it for Padma. Thank you to all of my professors in international reporting, but especially Tony, for taking a chance on me and giving me this opportunity. And especially Katie, for sticking with me throughout this entire process and editing every single thing with a fine-tooth comb. Thank you to the people of Panama for sharing your country and your stories with us. Thank you to my classmates for being willing to be followed around for semester. And thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed Padma. Adios.